Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante, and this is the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a Monday afternoon. The New York Yankees contingent is flying west today to meet Yoshinobu Yamamoto in Los Angeles, California. Is it good that Los Angeles is where they have to meet him, considering there's another contender for his services that plays all their games in L.A.? I don't know. Not going to read too much into it. The Yankees have competition for Yamamoto, of course, but today is the day they can move closer to closing the deal. Plus, Shohei Otani makes his decision, and that decision is I will not be in the AL East, but I will make Toronto Blue Jays fans as miserable as possible in the process. His fault? John Morosi's fault? Robert Herjavec from Shark Tank's fault? Who knows? But a lot of people are involved in ruining Toronto's weekend, and I beefed with a random content creator, too, so that was great. The Yankees and Dodgers made a trade, and why is everybody already worrying about Juan Soto's extension making Aaron Judge upset? Stay in the here and now, folks. Come on. Only Yankees fans, only Yankees content. Thanks for following along. We're here live every Monday at 2 o'clock Eastern, also every Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern. It's Christmas fonts. I know some of you guys noticed the fonts in the stream today. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Two weeks of holiday season fonts. So shout out to Restream our streaming platform, and shout out to today's sponsor, which Thomas Carinante can help you through here now. Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Yanks Go Yard, as we've told you before, is partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Pretty good deal. Yeah. Make sure to use the code FANSIDED2, the number two, when signing up to receive your deposit match. FANSIDED2 is the code. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code top left corner of the screen to see if you qualify. Enjoyable times. We're having fun. Um, yeah, the did, did the meeting end with Yamamoto? It's happening. It's I, I don't. Happening. I bet it hasn't even started. I mean, I'm sure it's it's, it's apparently yeah. there's been a lot of misinformation. Uh, I think Tanaka and Matsui are not going to be in this meeting. People said that just because I think they wanted that to be true. They, they yeah. also wanted Yamamoto to be meeting with the Yankees brass at Yankee Stadium. That isn't happening. Um, but they are flying to Los Angeles to consummate their meeting today. Here's what we know so far. We obviously don't know shit about the meeting. Like I wish we did. Um, it's, it's hopefully going, I mean, the Yankees have made their intentions very clear. A lot of people being like, ah, everybody scouted Yamamoto. You know, what do the Yankees know? Other people don't know. Brian Cashman admitted last week or the week before that they sent a representative to every single one of his starts. So while we all made a big deal about Cashman going out there for what ultimately ended up being the no hitter, they had a representation in every single one of Yamamoto's starts last season. He is, uh, they held his number for him, his, his favorite number 18. Uh, there are rumors that he is intrigued by the Yankees brand and prestige. There are, of course, also rumors that he is a Dodgers fan and would love to pitch for them. Uh, the Mets flew out to Japan to meet him and his family. Kodai Senga wants him in Flushing. Uh, the bidding is going to reach $300 million. Whether it's $300 million for the contract, or $300 million in total with the posting fee plus 260 ish million for contract. It's going to be expensive as hell. 
Yankees are making it very obvious they'd like him. The Mets are making it very obvious they'd like him. The Dodgers signed Otani over the weekend. Everybody thought, okay, well, I guess that takes him out for Yamamoto. Apparently not, and it's a pretty appeal. If Yamamoto is willing to play with Kodai Senga, then he'd certainly be willing to play with Shohei Otani. It's a pretty appealing pairing. Yankees could bring Juan Soto to these conversations. The Dodgers can bring Shohei Otani to these conversations. So if the deferrals in Otani's contract make it work financially, which it seems like they do, and they can really offer him $300 million, then they just might. Uh, the Dodgers are still a real contender for his services here as far as I am concerned. Yeah, and you have the renewed stuff with the Mets. Steve Cohen flew out there. Um, and uh, at least, you know, I don't, you don't know who to believe now with MLB reporting with how the Otani thing went down. Even Holy shit. I mean, yeah, we'll talk all about that later. Yeah. Like we, we got to cover our Yankee bases first because yeah. most of what down, most of what went down over the weekend is just tangentially Yankee. We'll take our, you know, laugh laps over the blue Jays, but like, Oh, what a dark weekend for a very funny weekend, but really dark weekend for insiders. Yeah. It's like everyone lost their minds because of Otani uh, preferring this privacy or his agency, whatever it was, like everybody was grasping for straws. And then, you know, Bob Nightingale kind of came out and said that was embarrassing for baseball reporters, which. But he spelled it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I I think we can all agree that it was, uh, it was a lot of the desperate, a lot of the discourse was uh, polarizing in terms of being like, Oh, Otani owes this to the sport. And then it's like, ah, not really. It's just an unfortunate situation. He happens to be the guy that, requires the market to move and he has to sign. So like, and maybe that's not a reason to take out your frustrations on, uh, on him. But yeah, I mean, in general, it was, uh, it was a little bit uh, frustrating to see the winter meetings go on that slowly. But anyway, we're at the end of it here. Now to link it to Yamamoto. I don't know what to believe. I, based on what's happened with Otani, I don't know why it would be any different with somebody who's been, largely just as you know close to the vest with uh with the information um it's funny we're we're all living in different bubbles and and i'm mm-hmm. in this you know the baseball insiders we have a private discord channel so i'm seeing the access that everybody has to the information in their localities if you're in new york it really does feel like it's going to come down to the yankees and mets if you're yeah. in la doug mccain of sportsnet 1100 or whatever reported that yamamoto is a dodgers fan and would prefer to sign there We've Never read the that. exact opposite in New York. Yeah. We read that he's a Yankee fan. He's been spotted on Instagram wearing a Yankee hat from like two years ago. Uh, like we've we've read the exact opposite reporting. And Giants fans are like, the Giants aren't going to be outbid here. They still think they're in. They mm-hmm. thought they were in on Otani until the very end. Like I'm fairly confident this is a Yankees versus Mets situation. But people in California are fairly confident in the exact opposite. So just take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Exactly. And then I, I'm I'm not ruling anybody out. I, the Cubs missed out on a couple big guys. I wouldn't put it past them to invest here. They have um, uh, Seiya Suzuki on the roster as well. Um, Mariners cleared some space. They didn't get Soto. They didn't get Otani. I understand that there is an element to them cutting payroll. But again, I think Yamamoto's a different case. It's You're paying a lot of money, but you're getting the years of a player that you otherwise wouldn't get because of the arbitration system here. So this is a unique case. His market is very expansive. I know the price tag keeps going up, but again, that doesn't matter because you're paying the maximum dollar for the maximum output, which never happens. More, most of the time, you're paying the back end of a deal. Um, that's the the regression years, and that's where a lot of the frustration comes in with these longer-term contracts. Yamamoto is not that, so I think a lot more pe- uh, teams are, are in play here than people might think, but that said – my confidence with the Yankees, and you know me, I'm fairly 
uh, critical of this team and, and yes. everything that goes around it. But <clears throat> they've been linked to him for a very long time. Um, even with all these other teams jumping into the mix, even with his price tag going up, with um, him kind of delaying the free agency process and I guess wanting to uh, take his time and meet with as many teams as possible. The Yankees status in this from the reporters, the media, um, whoever, you know, the talking heads and whatever has not waned. They are still very much, at least it feels like the front of the line. And I know, like you said, it's, it's different in your locale, but even so it's been nationally Yankees, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs, however you wanted to look at it. The Yankees have never left that top two spot when the discussions of Yamamoto have come up. So that's why I feel fairly confident. And again, they're at every single one of his starts. Brian Cashman ditched old timers day for this. Um, They got the Soto deal done as fast as they possibly could to shift their attention here, which I thought was huge because um, I thought it would give them an edge over the Dodgers who I thought would take maybe a little bit more time to sign Otani, Um, especially after the winter meetings, it was kind of dark. And I know that they said, oh, it's going to happen in 72 hours. But they were saying that he was going to sign a week before the winter meetings. And he really didn't know it was going to happen. Um, but the Yankees got ahead of it. They got the player that they needed because they needed Soto more than they needed Yamamoto. Um, and now the negotiations and the pitch with him will be completely different. Um, you talk about this trade that we have with the Dodgers, too. We'll talk about that in a minute. You talk mm-hmm. about um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, – you know, the dead weight they cut off the roster, the opportunities they've created for other players, um, the room that they still have to make trades and other signings. And it's a very convincing case. Am I bu- I'm, I'm bullish on the Yankees' aggression. 2024 is looking a lot better. There's still a lot to be done. But someone like Yamamoto, who's already intrigued by this team, I think there is um, there there's many a way this organization can put 2023 in the rear view when talking to him um, and trying to convince him that this is the spot. Yeah, and every time you see the Dodgers, it's not Dodgers all in on Yamamoto. It's can't count Dodgers out for Yamamoto. Yeah. The question that's being asked is, wow, do the Dodgers still have the money to do this after signing Otani? The question isn't how in on Yamamoto are the Dodgers. It's like, wow, they got to be eliminated, right? And then insiders have to jump in and be like, nope, not eliminated, still into it, still would love him. Because, uh, and this is why it was so funny over the weekend when Blue Jays fans were crying, we got used for leverage. Like, all that happens to the Dodgers and Yankees, we get used for leverage all the time. Like, I had no idea that uh, everyone else had sympathy for us when we were used for leverage. That's weird. That's news to me because I've never encountered that in the past. Were the Blue Jays used this weekend? (sighs) Kind of seems like they were. Um, We'll laugh at that. I think we should probably touch on, uh, is this a Celsius? Yeah, Celsius. I really Peach. thought that was a, a claw. Mad. I thought no. that was a claw. Um, One day we'll do that. We'll do a 12-pack of White Claw live on the air. Well, because I know what's up with your uh, the rest of your day. I don't know if you're getting an early start. Yeah, um, no, not yet. We're going to the Giants game, guys. In case yeah, you Thomas played. and I will be at the New York Giants-Green Bay Packers Monday Night Football game tonight. Both of us cold sober right now. Uh, yes. Maybe not later. Later? Um, potentially. We don't know. I actually have no idea. I don't know what your buddy's tailgates are like. Uh, the, uh, the Yeah, but the Dodgers... Um, you know, I, I didn't understand it was supposed to be this this great, sympathetic, like, oh, poor, poor Dodgers, poor Yankees. We get used for leverage all the time. Why do you think the first reports that come out about every free agent are Yankees, Dodgers interested in pursuing? Yeah. You know, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, all in mix. The Cardinals get in there sometimes, too. It's like, which teams have $200 million payrolls? Let's chuck them in there. Uh, the Met, How long were the Mets in on Shohei Otani, per reports, until it came out a couple weeks ago that he hates New York? 
and never wants to go there. Like, well, guess what? The Mets are in New York. So if he hated New York and never wanted to play there, then the Mets were never interested. Maybe they made one phone call and Otani's rep said, don't bark up this tree. He's not going to want to play there. Um, So uh, nobody wants the Dodgers out is what I'm saying. Like as Yamamoto's meetings hit a fever pitch, no agent in their right mind wants the Dodgers eliminated. So everyone is reporting, oh, they could still do it. Don't worry. They still have the money. Don't worry. The deferrals in Otani's contract. Uh, It's also important to know, we know that uh, Yamamoto would join a team with a Japanese superstar at the center because he wants to, or Kodai Senga wants him. And and it came out, his agent said, you know, he doesn't have a problem with that. We have no idea what Otani wants. None. And if that's a Japanese tradition, like there's never been a more focal point player from Japan than Shohei Otani. He's a top five most talented baseball player of all time. Not talking greatest. I'm not talking goat. I'm not put, he's a DH and a pitcher. I'm not putting him in the goat conversation. He might be there before the end of his career. Depends on how his Dodgers career goes, but most talented, most important, like he, all those stories about reporters who moved from Japan to Anaheim because they had to cover Otani worried about his next destination being Toronto because they'd have to uproot their families. Like he means so much to Japanese sporting culture. And so if that's a tradition that holds true for lesser Japanese stars, I would have to imagine that it would be a pretty big deal if Otani was willing to share the locker room with another Japanese centerpiece, but that's pure speculation. All I know is we know Yamamoto would, we don't know anything about Otani's intentions. I'm with everybody. You can't count the Dodgers out. If you're in LA, you're surely hearing reporting that that's where he'd like to end up. If you're in LA right now, basking in the glow of Otani, you can't imagine not getting what you want for the rest of the offseason. And you know you need pitching. Your rotation is bleak. Yeah. Bobby Miller, and if you're lucky, Clayton Kershaw in August. And that's it. So, yeah, you absolutely need your, Yamamoto and you have the money to take a chance on him. But uh, I would. I still feel I feel surprisingly bullish on the Yankees chances. I think it would be a minor surprise if they don't come down with him. But every fan of every team involved probably feels the same way. Yeah. And look, if we're positive, I feel like that is an indication. You know, we we're we're, we might not be involved, but we are constantly reading and looking at stuff. And we've we've been able to uh, figure out, you know, what uh what, how to read the situation and, and what's going on. It was about two weeks before the Soto thing that I actually started to think like, oh, this wasn't just a line a bunch of fans yeah. were drawing. Like, I actually think this right now, pull me right now, and this is going to happen. That's yeah. where I, that's how I feel about Yamamoto too. But again, if it, if it drops, 700 million on Otani dropped my jaw. Like, if yeah. it drops, like that, oh, wait, Yamamoto went to the Dodgers for 360 mil. I, I would be like, okay. I mean, that's very surprising to see sure. that number in front of my eyes. But, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned. I, I think Soto was becoming a fait accompli that was only going to fall apart if Michael King's medicals were bad. Yabamoto, it would be a mild shock if he went elsewhere, but it's certainly possible. Yeah, the difference here is that Yamamoto has a choice. Soto didn't, so it was just up to the Yankees to give the Padres what they wanted to get the deal across the finish line. Here it's, what does Yamamoto prefer? Um and it also hinges on it. Like, it, look, the Dodgers can go one of two ways. They just drop seven hundred million on Otani. They're going to drop three hundred million on Yamamoto. That's one. That's a one billion dollar off season, and they still need two more starters. And yeah. that, those are probably going to come via trade. But um, even if they do, you're inheriting more salary. The latest buzz was Glass. Now um, he's making what twenty five million next year. Uh, yeah, then there's Corbin Burns, who's making. 
probably 17 million next year. Uh, I don't know what Dylan Cease's situation is, but either way, you're trading, you're trading even more prospects <clears throat> and you're inheriting more salary. And then you have to think of the long-term aspect of the rotation because who is there? It's Bobby Miller. It's maybe Shohei Otani. We've heard we we don't know there was a rumor that he might not be keen on pitching moving forward we don't know how true that is i don't think it's necessarily true but two tommy john surgeries you don't know he might want to preserve his long-term health to just play baseball he may be Um, a closer yeah or yeah or maybe a john smoltz situation um but then you look at the flip side and yes 700 million dollars is an absolute shit ton of money but there are quote historic deferrals here um which means that the AAV has been lowered. We don't know to what it is. I would imagine um, they made it somewhere around 40 mil a year. I don't know how much lower you can go than that. But then again, you look at like the, the totality of the Otani investment. They're going to be making money off of Otani for the rest of time. So they could spread this deal out 20 years, 25 years, and it won't matter to them. Um, they could be paying him... million 20 years from now and it won't matter. So we, I don't know if the detail, I don't think the details have come out on that yet knowing what the AAV is, but that's going to be huge for the tax, um, you know, uh, the, the payroll tax, um, because that's going to allow the Dodgers to add more around him. Then again, Yamamoto will be another giant, giant investment and they are going to need more pitching around him and starting pitching is the most expensive thing you could possibly invest in outside of someone like Shohei Otani, who's just an international icon. Yeah. So you have either, you know, both of those arguments, I think, hold weight. $1 billion, investing $1 billion in two weeks and still needing a lot more on the roster or deferring the contract, giving yourself the financial flexibility, which the Dodgers have done. I don't know if you guys saw the last 10 or 11 free agency deals before Otani were one-year contracts dating back to after the 2021 season. They made it was between 10 and 12 free agency de- deals that were one year. They've been setting this themselves up for this move for 2 years. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I would not put it past them if the Yamamoto number is big, but they're going to have to figure out even longer term financial implica- implications here because that's again, that's a billion dollars. The Yankees largest offseason investment that one year was 500 million and we thought that that was absolutely bonkers. We're talking double that. What the thirteen years later, mm-hmm. and it was bonkers, and this was. would be absolutely absurd, and yeah. and they also wouldn't be done, like you said. Um, yeah. The rotation would still be okay. Thank you for bringing in a twenty-five-year-old rookie on a three hundred plus million dollar contract. That's great. Going to need two more guys. Going to need two more people we trust. Going to need to hit the trade market. Um, there is uh, the the Giants reportedly met with Yamamoto yesterday. That's coming out now. Uh, during this podcast, that makes sense. Here come the Yankees. I want to meet after everybody. I want to be the last. I want to be the last team to meet with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Quite frankly, um, g- give me the give me the let me hit cleanup. Let me be the final person that you speak with. Um, I don't know. And then maybe you bring in Tanaka and Matsui for a surprise additional meeting. Who knows? We'll give you updates as we Matsui's get. Matsui's in there. Tanaka's not right. I don't know. I, I read that. I've seen fake news. Everything. So you fake don't news, trust. Yeah. Just don't trust what you read. You know. I, I know Matsui's right. been a part of it. Yeah, Trump was right. The fake news is everywhere. He should have been. He sh- he should zone in on the baseball uh, yeah. world. Expose he all the fake did. news. Nestor Cortez bounce back season. Like most <laughs> people are not predicting that. Uh, Donald is. Don't be, be careful though. This might become a softy podcast real quick. Um, the Yankees and Dodgers made a trade earlier today that did not involve 
either Shohei Otani oh, yeah. or Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Probably worth the, you know, we got news. We got, we all waited on this trade for a long time. Love news. We sat here, um, you know, got word that the Yankees and Dodgers were close on a mystery trade where they knew all the components. So you knew it was going to get done. They were like, this is going to be two 40 man Dodgers for a non 40 man Yankees prospect. It's like, that's, that means Ken Rosenthal sitting on a text with the names. And they're like, he's like, can I share the names? And the agent's like, no, just do a guessing game. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll invent a guessing game. And then uh, he does. And we sit here for almost 24 hours. And the news finally drops today around 11 a.m., maybe a little 10.30 Eastern time. I think everybody guessed that the 40-man Dodgers, it would be like a bullpen arm plus your beat Vivas, the, the infielder who I'm already extremely excited about because he didn't really – fit the Dodgers timeline if Michael Bush can't get reps the you know minor league yeah. player of the year then a, a top 10 prospect probably can't either so what are you going to use Yorbit Vivas for you're going to use him for this the Yankees need to give up Trey Sweeney at some point you think this is where he goes they got a lot of shortstops they got Roderick Arias coming up behind him George Lombard Jr. coming up behind him Volpe and Peraza ahead of him uh, they just keep adding shortstops by the minute. So Trey Sweeney felt like his fate was probably sealed here in New York. You wonder, does he go with the trade deadline after the season before it? He's the headliner, the sole person going from New York to L.A. Yorbid Vivas going to New York. He does look a lot like Rudnett Odor, and I don't think you know the comments are saying that. That was my literal first thought. I think that's going to be a very popular take. Uh, his numbers, remarkably similar to Sweeney's last year, although he tripped himself up at AAA at the end of the year. That's where he'll start with the Yankees, so he'll have more time to prove himself there. Sweeney, uh, yeah, like 12, 13 homers, 49 ribs, hit 250 last year with a 370 OBP, 780 OPS. He was fine. Uh, Vivas, the best strikeout rate in the Dodgers system, I believe. It puts bat on ball, better contact than Sweeney for sure. And, oh, by the way, the Yankees go ahead and get Victor Gonzalez in that trade too, who <laughs> pitched brilliant relief during the Dodgers' 2020 playoff run. Had Tommy John missed all of 2022, but came back in 40, you know, 33 and two thirds innings last year with a 3-4-0 FIP, four ERA even. He's the anti Wandy Peralta. He throws 95 98, sinking movement, got the change up, perfect for Matt Blake. Mark Pryor already did the work in LA. Uh, but it's the opposite of Peralta, right? The stats are average. FIP makes it seem like he should be a little better than he was. Peralta stats were really good last year 2 8 ERA, the FIP all the way up to five. Somehow he got to the end of the year without that blowing up in his face. He never faced that regression monster. But what would you rather do? Pay a million dollars for Victor Gonzalez this year or pay nine million this and nine million next year for Wandy Peralta? I loved my time with Wandy Peralta, but I still feel like ticking clock. The Yankees are lucky that A, the second half of last year meant nothing, and B, that he got through it without any major blowups. He leaves New York with his reputation intact, but I, I would rather even with the injury issues, take my chances with Victor Gonzalez next year than Wandy Peralta, who was a great Yankee, but all great Yankee tenures must come to an end. Yeah, and you get um, you get three years of control of Gonzalez, which I think obviously the Yankees are valuing here, um, so they don't have to keep um, making these relief investments that don't necessarily work out for them. Uh or, you know, you're paying mid-30s relievers and the regression is right around the corner. And if it's on a short-term deal, you're in a bad spot because you need them to be effective for, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever years you're signing them. And Wandy, we looked through the metrics, everyone did, and he got he was more lucky than he was good last year. And that is not a that's not a positive indication for what's to come. 
Um, and in terms of Gonzalez, much like Tommy Canely, I know we were frustrated a bit with Tommy Canely's performance last year, but Dodgers paid for his rehab. He got Tommy John in 2022. He rehabbed with them, missed the whole season, came back in 2023. Didn't have the greatest of years, but his metrics indicated that he got he was more unlucky. Um, so there's uh, there's room for growth there. So I think that um, at the very least, you get somebody who's had a proven track record as a high leverage reliever and a lefty on a contender, um, whether or not that is able to come back to life is up for debate, but the Yankees track record with relievers is pretty damn good. So again, I think this is the one, I think this is the one domain of the roster where we can't say shit because mm-hmm. the Yankees outside of giving outside of giving long-term deals to relievers like Zach Britton and Earl DeChapman have largely been incredible at building bullpens. Um, and you have to think about the payroll implications, right? If you're paying Wandy somewhere, you know, between eight and $11 million a year, how much, how much further are you going to blow by the tax? Like if you're bringing in Yamamoto and that's a, let's say uh 30 million a year salary, something like that, you're going past the 300 million threshold and you know, they're not going to want to hit the second or, uh, or that's, is that the third tier the 297? Yeah, that's, that's the Cohen tier. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter after that. But yeah, I mean, remember guys, every dollar is taxed at 50% after you, exceed that threshold so yeah uh a nine million dollar investment in somebody who's kind of on the decline like that's not worth paying then you're essentially paying 13 million or 14 million for that player it's a lot of money so i'm fine with them building the bullpen out of uh out of rec- uh you know some reclamation projects and and you know the scrap uh some people off the scrap heap because they've been able to revive them um, Dodgers can't say the same. The Dodgers have a lot of problems doing that. The Yankees have a much better track record. I support this deal. At first, I thought it was dumb because I uh, didn't realize. I don't know why. I just I don't pay attention to prospects that much. But I didn't realize that um, uh, Lombard Jr. and uh, Roderick Arias were ahead of him in the pecking order. And then you have to remember, um, Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza are here. They're also above Trey Sweeney in the pecking order. Mm-hmm. And don't forget anything. Look, prospects are prospects. We can evaluate them however we want. The one big thing about Trey Sweeney, if you guys are upset that he was dealt at all, I'm not sure if you are. When he was taken in the first round, was it 2021? 2021. Um, 2021, yeah. The number one thing on his profile was that <clears throat> he had a major league ready bat. Exactly. And I don't know if he does because he was in double A last year. He. Uh, what do you have a seven, seven, seven OPS? These lines are fine. Every yeah. year it's fine. Right. Not like, homers. No. It, what we were told was he's, he's basically major league ready with the bat. The Yankees have found this hidden gem, you know, he's at Evansville, you know, small school, who knows how it translates against top tier velocity, but you know, we believe he's ready and he's hitting. I saw him in Hudson Valley a couple times was relatively unimpressed. 249 last year obp is good powers moderate like your vivas got higher than he did seems to be a better contact hitter strikes out less closer to the bigs really mm-hmm. good chance we see him next year at some point um yeah. and no Just chance is better too no chance we're gonna see sweeney next year and Vivas not a shortstop, but we true for the first time in a long time we don't need someone coming through to the bigs right now with shortstop versatility 
the if we need a, if if Volpe something happens, we got Peraza. He is a natural shortstop. Well, we need our natural third baseman, natural second baseman. We don't know how long Glaber Torres is going to be here. I'm not I'm not passing judgment and going from someone who barely knew about Yorbid Vivas to someone who's a Yorbid Vivas expert. But I do know that the positions he plays line up better with the team's needs for a super utility guy. And now that he's on the that we need we can use somebody on the 40 man who could do that. The Dodgers explicitly needed somebody who wasn't on the 40 man, and they get Trey Sweeney. Everybody gets what they need here. I, I was a little bit down on Sweeney. If you weren't, I understand that as well. But this is a you know, this is maybe an even better trade than the Juan Soto trade. In terms of just, hey, everybody gets what they want. Like yeah. the Juan Soto thing, you know, the Yankees really had to bite the bullet on Michael King. They did not want to give up Michael King, and they did. Here, I don't know how, how either side could be upset. This is the textbook definition of a trade. Dodgers needed prospect capital, people who don't need 40-man protection. Yankees need players at a utility spot who do need 40-man protection on our top 10. They both they swap top 10 prospects, and the Yankees get a bullpen arm. It could be somewhere between a reclamation project and a known quantity. That's great. That's a great trade. It hurts. Hurts a little bit. Trace, you don't want to give up on a first-round pick after two years. But if you do, this is what you get. Either either he's piece one of four in a giant package or this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, uh, I have no problem with this. Um, this is, again, this is a situation of trading from depth. <clears throat> How many shortstops can the Yankees house in their system? What other trade candidates are out there that you could have better... Uh, dealt Sweeney for. I don't think Sweeney's market was, I don't, I don't think he was a sought after prospect. If he was, the Yankees would have made a deal for another pitcher by now. Um, they probably want George Lombard or Roderick Arias and the Yankees are maybe saving up for, I don't know what the deal is, but if you can get something for Sweeney, they just got a reliever and they got someone who's very much comparable um, with potentially higher upside, then you go with that. I think that's and you know you I guess you help out the Dodgers, but that doesn't really matter because they're not in your league. Um, so yeah, this is what you use the assets for. You try to piece together a roster. If it removes uh, questions of you having to spend unnecessary funds, then there you go. Um, I still would probably like another lefty in the bullpen. Uh, if we're being honest, um, I don't know who else is out there. Haven't really been paying too much attention in terms of like the trade market and stuff like that. But sadly, Will Smith got signed. He's like uh, he's World the Series. automatic automatic yeah. World Series win if you sign Will Smith. Yeah. Would have been nice. He will be uh, someone will be acquiring Will Smith at the deadline. Way too many jokes were made. Like, oh my god, the Royals signed Will Smith. They're going to the effing World Series. No, wherever they flip him, that team is going to the World Series and winning it. That that's yeah. That's why they probably got him. They're like, you know what? We'll trick people into thinking they can win the World Series if they trade us extra stuff for him in July. They did it uh, with their oldest Chapman. Like they Chapman. just, they just did this, and they yep. finessed. You don't want to talk about a great trade? They finessed the Rangers. They gave up Cole Reagan, who's their ace and and probably going to be an ace for a couple years. It would seem a developing ace, and they gave up oldest Chapman. But the Rangers won the World Series, so nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, Brent Suter, yes. Um, what where was he last year? He was in Colorado. That's Colorado. Right. Yeah. Weird, weird. Why did the Brewers get rid of him? 
why do the Rockies do anything that they do? Yeah, I don't know. He, yeah, I remember him being on the Brewers, and then I guess the Brewers couldn't afford a, a two million dollar contract or whatever. And you know uh, where Brent Suter went to college? <clears throat> um, well, I do now because I'm on his baseball reference page. Yeah, smart guy, Harvard. Smart guy, Harvard. Harvard grad. Actually, uh, he's the one who said uh, if you invented Facebook, you would have actually invented Facebook. That was him. <laughs> Did you make the Facebook? Brent? He was, uh, you know, was, he was on the Winklevoss twins side. He was trying to get, uh, <laughs> he was trying to get intel. He, he's a he rode crew back in the day. <laughs> and how about some more intel? Let's uh, talk about this. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. I Shohei feel. Uh, look, so Shohei Otani, uh, not a not a Toronto Blue Jay. I don't know if uh, I'm breaking that news to anybody. Welcome to uh, Yankee Yard viewers and listeners who uh, slept under rocks this past <laughs> weekend. Shohei Otani is a Los Angeles Dodger for the most money uh, that anyone has ever signed for in professional sports. Uh, it's just an app. It's a record. It's a record everywhere. Um, it's mind blowing the number of dollars that he received. The question now, though, the Blue Jays really thought, really thought they were getting him on uh, on Friday felt like a matter of time they were kind of counting down right they were like oh my god he's in a plane we're following the plane the plane is in the air when it lands we're gonna get Shohei Otani John Morosi god bless him still has a job today tweets a Canadian flag emoji quote tweets his own report on MLB Network with a Canadian flag emoji what does it mean that one's not hard to translate there's only one team in Canada um J.P. Hornstraw of Dodgers Nation. This is a mystery. As though we still have to get to the bottom of this. Like how this guy wasn't a fake or a plant or something. Like he reports at like 2.30 that it's a done deal. That, that Otani has chosen the Blue Jays. A bunch of people come out and refute that. Bob Nightingale comes out and says, not on a plane, actually. Plane lands. It's a guy from Shark Tank. Really embarrassing. Um, Toronto, you got played here. I don't know if these reports convinced the Dodgers to up their offer, which is what reportedly happened or was said to have happened last year around the arson judge. All signs point Aaron Judge to the Giants. Susan Slusser says the feeling at the winter meetings is he's chosen the Giants, and then all of a sudden House Steinbrenner has more money. I don't know if that's what happened, or I don't know if this was just a straight-up lie, or if people's you know sources were just confused and everybody was tube-tied here, but – uh yeah you got boned harder than anyone's gotten boned in recent free agency i would say and now you were a juan soto threat you didn't get him i don't think that was real either you, you the uh, arrest and piss to the worst trade offers of all time ricky tiedemann uh your top pitching prospect who threw 30 bad innings at double a last year supposed to be equivalent to michael king laughing my ass off uh, Alec Manoa, who had one of the worst seasons in recent Major League Baseball history last year, got rocked by the Yankees FCL team. That was supposed to be a centerpiece of that trade. I'm glad we never have to think about that again. That was worse than Andujar and Frazier for anybody. Uh, you were never in on Juan Soto. I don't know what happened with you and Otani, but you didn't get him. And now Cody Bellinger's fiance is Instagram storying photos of the CN Tower in Toronto, indicating that they are there as well. Um, are you about to splurge on Cody Bellinger, who has no market except for you, maybe? Or is Bellinger's fiance trolling you too? Does everybody hate Toronto? Is it some <laughs> massive conspiracy where every player is like, you know what team we should fuck over this winter? The Toronto Blue Jays. Um, because it, it kind of feels that way. And, and it led to me, uh, yeah, I was so in my feelings over the weekend, I beefed with a Toronto content creator. 
So I, I, you know, I don't like beefing, even though I started it. And maybe I do kind of like beefing a little bit, but that's where we were at. Toronto people were just in their feelings. Yeah. Um, suck it, Toronto. I, I yeah. can't You know what? Them. I'm done being, I'm done being cool. Actually, suck yeah. it, Toronto. And, no, suck it. And the, the guy I was beefing <laughs> with, like, clip this, do whatever you want. Uh, I My mind was blown. I saw a Canadian Jared Carabas over the weekend. There's a, a <laughs> Toronto guy who was doing, like, a straight-to-camera Carabas impression. Like, black shirt, beard, borderline doing a Canadian-Boston accent hybrid. Uh, Carabas' podcast was called Section 10. This guy's podcast was called Gate 14. Like, how is that not on purpose? And he literally said, you hate to see it in the video, which is a Carabas phrase. And so I called him a clone. And the guy, like, quote tweeted, it was like, at fansided, fucking fire this guy, dude. Like, what a clown show. Uh, absolute clown take. Absolute loser take from fansided. Um, like, dude, I honestly, like, I, if you weren't trying to imitate, I'm shocked that you weren't trying to imitate Carabas on purpose. Like, was that really not on purpose? Because I'm I'm sorry you found that so insulting. Um However, I will. There's just this type of content creator that I, I can't get down with, and it's like they're all in baseball. They all use the same barstool paint by numbers catchphrases. They all sound like the same person. I was think I wish that we had this kind of content creator in non sports. Like if we could just get this content kind of content creator in news, like. <laughs> Ninety-nine-year-old former president Jimmy Carter entered hospice care this weekend like an absolute beast. The electric factory President Carter is one of the beastliest presidents of all time. An absolute savage. You might remember him from when he took that clown show Ayatollah Khomeini to tax that absolutely goofy gas tax. People lined up in the streets because of stagflation. Shout out to the electric factory uh, with his absolute smoke wife Rosalind. We love both of like it's just the, the content creator. They only exist in in baseball, and there are like fifty of them. And and I'm really sorry that I set one of them off over the weekend. I didn't mean to start shit. Like it's a tough weekend for Toronto. Like I had yeah. really nothing to say at that point. That's my bad. Yeah, I mean whatever. <clears throat> you gotta uh, if you're gonna dish it, you gotta take it. You know, um, if we you were gotta, if you're I mean, literally if you are doing Carabas, like if you are literally doing Carabas, yeah. then I don't blame Toronto for wanting their own Carabas. I also don't blame someone for wanting to beat Toronto's Carabas. But how are you going to lie to me and say that that wasn't on your mind when you named your podcast after his? What let's is do a total. Let's rename Yanks Go Yard. Let's call what's a what's a random. Let's call it Luxury Suite Nine. No, what's the uh, view? Uh, three uh, views from three hundred fourteen feet or something. Views from three hundred fourteen feet is pretty similar too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's at least nicer. It has like a little bit more of a of uh like a metaphorical context behind it as opposed to like this is the gate we come in on bro this is where we all hang out it's like calling your blog bleacher creatures i don't listen to carabas but i because i was telling this story and someone was like looking up section 10 and they were like it's just a section at fenway like i don't know the backstory like is that where he sits i guess i don't know but it's just like i don't know it's just a section gate 14 that's a gate I don't know. It's the, the first section, Carabas had a girl interested in him once, and then she mm-hmm. realized, oh, shit, actually, I'm going to section 11 now. This That's is where he came up with his brilliant uh, you know, strategy. Just yell straight to camera and, and <laughs> use a couple of copy-pasted catchphrases over and over again. Yeah. He's like, I cracked it. I cracked the code. Just just have some original, just some originality, guys. That's it. That's literally it. But, I mean, on any, whenever you're involved on any high-profile free agent or trade candidate, this is how it goes. It's either – you're celebrating beyond belief or you're the laughing stock. Welcome to life, 
This is what Yankee fans deal with all the time. Remember when Shohei turned down the Yankees within four seconds in 2017? <clears throat> Remember when it forced uh, Shohei's behavior forced Brian Cashman to say he made all these other teams fake hustle, and then everybody criticized that? Remember yeah. when Brian Cashman said we were a fully operational Death Star and then choked against the Red Sox? I yeah, do. I mean, like it's this, this is this is how it goes, dude. So I guess this is the next layer of content creation you have to learn about, but. Yeah, you're going to take the lumps, especially when your team, A, who sucks, B, can't land the free agent that you want, and then C, ends up having all this buildup only to get crushed. Um, we've been there before. Um, it's it's uh, Look, a lot of success is in our DNA, but a lot of heartbreak is too. So um, I, I think uh, at the very least, you should listen to our wisdom. You don't have to give us any credit, but um, well, we have a little bit more experience on this front. Uh, also, I would like to say that after I just made that, I just went on that rant against that Blue Jays man. Uh, I just learned that Carabas himself reached out and asked for like, wh- who's the Blue Jays fan I should talk to about this weekend and how it went down. And he got the gig. So he's going to be on Carabas's podcast. This week the, where the fuck did you just see this? Uh, I went to his feed. I was just checking it out because I was looking for the tweet where he shat on me. And like a couple tweets up, he was like, oh, my God, Jared, it is such an honor. I can't wait to like. So, yeah, I mean, you, it's fine. You love Jared. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That That's going to be hard to determine who's who, though. Oh, I, I can't wait. For listening the- to them. It's like, wait, is it, wait, which, which Jared is it? I don't know. Or the press conference when Barcelona acquires gate 14. Yeah. Emergency press. I am so honored. It's emergency emergency press, press conference. conference. I found another. I found another one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Barcelona's the international. It is totally fine that that's your vibe. But, like, the guy clapped back and he was like, oh, so being passionate about your team means you're a Carabas clone now? It's like, are you are you really unaware of what you just yelled on camera? <laughs> like, you actually not know that you said you hate to see it oh in the God. video? Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore, but it, it seems unfathomable that you don't know that. Yeah. All right. Enough about uh, Gate 14, man. That's um, it. We, we only did 30 minutes on someone else's podcast that I declined to tweet about. I've never listened to. I, I've never listened to, but I was I like, see, I'm not going to tweet anymore. I sitting in a chair like this. Yeah. And he's yelling at a camera. That's all I That's what he's doing. Yeah. But it's, I mean, literally, I, on Saturday night, I was like, I'm not going to engage. This guy can tag my employer and try to get me fired or whatever. And then, of course, I don't engage for 36 hours. And then we do a 10 minute rant on this gentleman on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Otania Dodger leaves the Blue Jays scrambling a little bit. I think that um, this deserves a little bit more attention because the Blue Jays missed out on Soto, like you said. They missed out on Otani. And now you have a very weak free agency class outside of um, the starting pitching. I don't think they're going to be investing in starting pitching. And even if they did, I think they need more offense, which was part of the problem here uh, for Toronto over the last few years. So, um, they seem to be next in line for Cody Bellinger. Don't know how true that is or not, but um, you're now dealing with Scott Boris, who's going to rake you over the coals. Could be bidding against yourself. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Toronto's had uh, Tor- Toronto's a good team. I think you know. I'm I'm still I- I'm not scared of them, but I think that they're a competitive team, and uh, um, they got a bunch of guys there, and it's there's definitely a core to build around. But yeah. um, they've largely been unimpressive. Um, I think they need they need that true star offensive player. I don't think Bobachet and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. have stepped up and up enough um to make that a reality. Um and 
you're watching the rest of the AL East uh, with the exception of the Red Sox. Um, and I don't count the Rays in this. I know the Rays are like kind of deconstructing what they have, but you know, as well as anybody, it'll be a quick reascension for them. So they'll be back. they might be out this. It would be great yeah. if they were out this year, but yeah. they'll be back. But, and the Orioles are the Orioles. I think they, I think a, they're in a good spot with their roster. They've, they barely lost anybody and they still have time to make some replenishments. I, I, I am not going to rule out like Montgomery, Blake Snell, um, going there, which would help them a ton. Um, they have a really good bullpen. They have a really young offensive core. Um, Red Sox, just pathetic. But yeah, and then you have the Blue Jays who are like right in the middle of the pack. It's like, where are you? Are you in between the Rays and the Red Sox? Or are you in between the Yankees and the Orioles? And I just, you know, the Yankees have kind of gotten the better of them over the last few years, even when the Yankees weren't that good. Yeah. Like when the Blue Jays were supposed to, in theory, be better. Um, so this is bad for the Blue Jays. Um, and I don't blame uh, – uh, gate 14 for being particularly upset. No. Um, we've seen it happen a lot when people's uh, teams don't get the job done or they're losing. Um, the fragility just reaches new heights that you would have never expected. So I'm not going to blame anybody. I've been in that spot before. I've been very upset, but yeah. Yeah. You're looking at what they have to do and they're probably staring down this uh, very bleak barrel. I don't blame gate. I don't blame gate 14 for being upset again. Like it, I just thought I genuinely thought like, Oh my God, there's a, there's a Carabas. I did not think it was possibly something that they weren't aware of. It's, it's, I'm glad that that exists in Toronto. I'm glad that there are passionate fans everywhere. And I feel, I feel for fans in Toronto for sure right now. Um, Cause this was another level of getting led on. This was not like, yeah. this was a coordinated effort from a lot of insiders to lead them on. Uh, and I genuinely thought, you know, I, I, I can't lie to you. The idea of Otani in Boston disgusted me. The idea of Otani in Toronto didn't do the same thing to me. I was like, you know what? That's fun. Like that yeah. level of competition is exciting. He'll come to Yankee Stadium six or seven times a year. We'll have to go there for two series. Like that'll be intense. The opening day price rise and fall in Toronto when they thought they were getting him and they didn't get him. It was like up to $500 down to 50. Like excitement level nil right now yeah. in the dirt. That shouldn't be where Toronto is. They still do have Vlad Jr. They still do have Bo Bichette. And the, the fact that they don't have... Otani's contract on the books means they don't have to trade one of these guys. What they should do is not sign Bellinger. They should just extend either Bichette or Vlad Jr. and give their fans a nice present and be like, hey, guess what? Our entire core isn't leaving. We're keeping, like, we'll keep one now. We'll take the other free agency. We'll see what happens. Um, that's what I would do if I was Toronto and I was trying to save face. Uh, but I guess listen to the Carabas podcast with uh, that guy and you'll be able to maybe hear what his uh, thoughts and vibes are. Um, should we talk about the fact that people are already getting bummed about Juan Let's Soto's about more idiots. extension? We're a level-headed pod. We'll, t- we'll talk about our own idiots, too. Look, there, there's. Uh, I don't think this would have happened if Juan Soto had been traded anywhere except for New York. I'm just being honest. The fact that every single piece of the discourse, the trade went down at like 1045 at night on Wednesday. And everybody was like, nobody was even that excited. They were just relieved because this came after eight or nine hours of stasis mode. Where we were like, is this going to fall apart? Why hasn't this been announced yet? Oh my gosh, medical is this going to get announced tomorrow? If at the earliest, oh, and there it is. Great. So we're we were excited already. Then we were relieved, and then it immediately turned to, can they afford this guy long term? Will the Mets swoop in and sign him next year after the Yankees enjoy one great year with him? 
anything's possible, but why are we already having this conversation? Yeah. And then, hey, do you think Aaron Judge will be bummed when Juan Soto makes more money than him? David Ortiz over the weekend when the Otani contract goes down. And yes, it probably will screw them in some capacity. Uh, when the Otani contract goes down, said, we got to get my boy paid now. Juan Soto, like that, that contract is trending into the $500 million range. Going to be an awful lot of money, probably. I'm curious about the Otani deferrals. The Yankees are probably curious about the Otani deferrals. They're probably going to employ the same strategy. But if there's one thing I know about Aaron Judge, it's that I'm fairly confident he wouldn't be upset if Juan Soto was making more over the duration of his contract and annually than he is. That is not the kind of person Aaron Judge is. He wanted to be compensated fairly. And after a year, after the end of that contract, $360 million feels like a bargain, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like Judge dragging the Yankees through the mud for everything that he could possibly get. Juan Soto's going to get 500, yeah. 480. He's definitely in a top 440. Otani, who's a starter, we think, also maybe a closer, I guess, and, and a DH, got $700 million. Aaron Judge's defense is also part of the package. Aaron Judge could have made considerably more than 360, but he didn't because he wanted to come back and be a New York Yankee and be a captain. I think... That if if Aaron Judge was approached by the front office and they said we have an opportunity to extend Juan Soto tomorrow, bad news, he's going to be making $8 million a year more than you. I think Aaron Judge would say, I'm very excited to have Juan Soto on the Yankees for the next 10, 11 years. And Juan Soto, his uncle is a Yankee fan. I think his family are Yankee fans. He went on record uh, in 2019 and said players might deny it, but everybody wants to play for the Yankees. He already changed his Instagram story thing to like SOTO and pinstripes on the homepage. He clearly is all in on being a Yankee. He's not giving you a hometown discount, but I think if you asked him to choose, he would probably say this is his number one option. I think if you can get him for 460, 470, you do it. Don't look back. I don't think Aaron Judge is going to be bummed about that. No. And yeah, look, <clears throat> I expect more of the media at this point. There is so much shit to talk about right now, and to even have the conversation delve into these waters is is crazy. Yeah. Um, Aaron Judge got the money that he got because he deserved it and had a historic season, not because he wanted to get paid more than Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton. Um, he had leverage because team there were multiple offers of four hundred million out there. He could have, like you said, he could have taken more money, could have went elsewhere, didn't took a fair deal for what the market had deemed his value. And that's the end of it. Um, however, uh, now after Otani is signed, I do think there's a conversation to be had about Juan Soto's future because I think he's getting at least five now. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you look at Otani's uncertainty. I know I said before he's an international icon. So there's uh, some players are blessed with having um, the marketing value attached to them. Like, that's just what that's the business. The business is your name is Shohei Otani. You're a two way star. You are beloved in your home country in Japan. That creates a new market for MLB. There is um, there's a worldwide um, attraction to him. So that's where his value is. Aaron Judge was <clears throat> slowly becoming the face of baseball um, over you know the last couple of years outside of Otani's emergence, and I, like he surpassed Mike Trout in my opinion. So like Aaron Judge, larger than life figure, new, known in New York, New York market loves him. Like that played a role in him getting the money that he got. Um, so, 
But when you look at from a player standpoint, you know Scott Boris is going to use this as leverage. He's going to say, well, Shohei Tani's technically a DH this year, and he got $700 million. My client's a two-way player. You're getting him. He's four years younger than Shohei Otani. Um, he brings the uh, he brings a massive Dominican audience with him, um, and he is this generation's Ted Williams. So you know how the pitch is going to go. You know Boris isn't going to get a penny less than what he's going to settle for. And the fact that he turned down $440 million <clears throat> in a deferred deal with the Nationals, um, and then you watch Otani get $700 million, you just know for a fact that he got his way and this is, it, it will create a problem for the Yankees because then you're talking about um, figuring out we, I mean, maybe you get someone to eat like DJs last year or the last couple of years of Stanton at that point, if you need to get money off the books, Rizzo becomes a free agent. So that works out. Glaber becomes a free agent. So that works out. But remember, you'll be losing talent and you'll be investing, you know, uh, uh, 10, 15, 20 times the money that you are in him right now. Uh, when the time comes next year. So um, there'll be more payroll questions. It, it does create more complications. You have to imagine, again, someone who's as young as Soto, kind of like a Yamamoto comp, um, you're paying for a lot of prime years there. He's going to be age 26. That does not happen often. And <clears throat> his market is probably going to be, even though it's a 500, probably going to be a 500 million plus deal, is going to be a little bit more expansive than we had expected. Um, similar to what is happening right now with uh, Yamamoto and Buster only said that <laughs> this couldn't have been a funny, a funnier side note indication that the giants are out on um, Yamamoto at this point, Buster only a few minutes ago, just tweets source. The giants met yesterday with pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He's got a lot of big market teams bidding for his services and tweet. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the giants met with him. Good luck. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Soto's market, I think that like, yeah, maybe we can, maybe we can touch upon this subject because the Shohei Otani news is very fresh. Um, and Brian Cashman was asked about the possibility of extending Soto uh, the day the trade went down. Um, but I don't think it merits longer, much longer of a conversation. Uh, Juan Soto's a Yankee for 2024. Um, the Yankees are trying to win a World Series in 2024. They're still making a ton of moves that's gonna that that are hopefully gonna improve the roster. So yeah, let's focus on the good instead of wondering what's gonna happen in a year from now. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to be focused on a year from now. It just makes the year you have with Juan Soto less pleasant. Exactly. Like I'm sorry. I, I I'm a I'm a pretty dark individual sometimes. I can really get in my head. I was thinking about Garrett Cole's opt-out clause like a month ago. <laughs> but I have Juan Soto on my baseball team next year. Like the people in my inbox about like, oh, the defense. Oh, I'm never going to another game again because Brian Cashman doesn't care about outfield defense. I just like, I cannot do that. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. I do. I understand. But when presented with the opportunity to get Juan Soto, I'm getting Juan Soto every time. And I'm being like, I'm so glad I have Juan Soto. And I hope I have him for another 12 years. But if I don't, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this season. He played all 162 games last year yep. for the Padres. Not going to be doing that this year. No. Sorry. Uh, but hopefully it's just because the Yankees are giving him some of his patented days off, not because he actually gets hurt. Um yeah, Soto, Grisham, Verdugo, those are actual outfielders. I don't like Verdugo. I'm on record that I don't like Verdugo. I'm on record that I don't like Verdugo, the person, and the acquisition. But he's an outfielder. He's not Oswaldo Cabrera in left field on opening day. 
Trent Grisham is projected now for an over 100 OPS plus I saw the other day. I don't know how, but fourth outfielder, you can't do much better than that. Another lefty. Your bid Vivas even a lefty. The lefties keep on coming. Early shout out to Brian Cashman. Right? Early shout out. Monday, December 11th. Yeah. I don't know where the season ends. I don't know where we are on opening day. I don't know what teams I believe in. But early shout out to Brian Cashman. Nice rebound. Nice rebound from those couple rants. Yeah. And and Juan Soto is the modern day Ted Williams. And people were like, Juan Soto couldn't hold a candle to Ted Williams' jockstrap, which, like, why would he want to do that? Why would anybody want to hold a candle to anybody's jockstrap? Imagine, like, back in the day, they were like, hey, big honor for you. Um, You're going to carry around Ted's jockstrap until game time. And then you're going to put it on him. And then the rookie's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I never thought I would be here. I'm so glad that I can do that. I'm so glad <laughs> I can carry his jock strap. You know what I mean? Like, it's um, not an honorific. After the financial crash of 33, I never thought I'd be able to do this. All, every top prospect was skitting around carrying jock straps back then uh, in the dead ball era. Uh, Juan Soto is the modern Ted Williams. The numbers are absolutely crazy, especially considering, uh, you know, where he's where he stands in the modern game where nobody really gets on base anymore. But Ted Williams numbers are on another level. Ted Williams at age 23 uh, at age 22, is hitting 406 with a 553 OBP and 37 homers leading the league. So there's nobody like prime Ted Williams, but in modern baseball, it's it's hard to imagine somebody being a closer comp, especially as the game is becoming more three true outcomes and less money ball. Juan Soto is just like, nah, I'm going to keep doing money ball. So yeah. I'm extremely excited to have him on my baseball team. And at, at this point, Right, I'm in the dome. I'm not entertaining uh, downsides. I'm just not no. doing it. I won't, because uh, the only downside is um, the word starts with an I. I don't want to mention it because it happens all too often in Yankees' of course, world, and that's very possible. Mm. But I'm definitely not going to be the one to hop on now and be no. like, "Well, nope. gee." <laughs> Imagine we're just like, "What injuries are Juan so- is Juan Soto prone to?" Tune into the next episode of Yankees Yard, and we're going to tell you all about it. We just have some croc medical expert on here talking about soft tissue muscles, soft tissue injuries. Um, But, yeah, it's good times, guys. We got uh, one of the best players in the league. Um, Took it from, uh, you would have to imagine, at least two division rivals if we're to believe the Red Sox were at all serious. But, man, the Red Sox. Is Craig Breslow just a clone of Heim Bloom? Like he was just brought in to do the same old bullshit. Who'd they trade for the other day? It was it was so dumb. Tyler, uh, O'Neal. Tyler O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you just replace Verdugo with a worse version of Verdugo. What the fuck are you doing? Who plays 13 games a season? God. So I mean, yeah, it's look, you never win the we're not off-season World Series champs, but uh, man, it feels a lot better to finally make a momentous move, whether it, even though you don't know the result than watching some of these other teams that are so Oh, I mean, you want you want me to be negative? Like there will 100%, maybe 1000% be a graphic or a hilarious Instagram in oh, the yeah. middle of April, April. <laughs> that's like Oh my God, Tyler O'Neill's hitting 240 with six bombs, and Juan Soto's hitting 220 with four bombs. The Red Sox clear because that's the carabasification of the internet. And that's the, you know, the little skittering cockroaches will definitely be sharing that extremely funny graphic and then not revisiting it by the end of the season because we make snap judgments now in two weeks. That's what we do. Um, but yeah, I don't really, Tyler O'Neill, I mean, of all the Cardinals outfielders, that's the one I wanted least, and that's the one the Red Sox got. So. Yeah, but um, I guess uh, now I now we'll probably have to start talking about 
uh, next episode, tertiary trades moves. Um, I am now convinced there might be a Glaber deal because of the, the Vivas trade. Yeah. Um, it makes it at least a little bit more clear. But for now, I think we, we had a good weekend. We had a great weekend, and we'll be back on Thursday. We'll probably be talking about, yeah, how to create the rest of an idealized offseason. Yamamoto, I don't think, is going to move very quickly here. We've heard by Christmas. I mean, that's two weeks from today. Uh, he's got to meet this week. He's got a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, probably don't hold uh, don't hold your breath on that one. If you do hold your breath, you will presumably pass away. Yeah, maybe you can get frozen next to Ted Williams. That'd be cool. If you happen to pass away from holding your breath for too long. But we will come back on, on Thursday, hopefully, with some more insights, some more rumors, some more your beat B-Boss. Love, love that guy. Love that he exists. Uh, you can find us live here streaming every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a review if you feel like it. Like our YouTube yeah. videos. Uh, follow us on Twitter, on X. Uh, you know, hit hit subscribe, smash that like button, like people say, like an absolute savage, smash that like button. Uh, man, do I ever not want to be on Carabas's podcast? I also don't want to listen to that podcast because I feel like it'll probably come up that I called him a Carabas clone. Uh, that'll, be a, <laughs> that'll be a bummer. I'll listen to that on the way the Giants game. The one thing I don't want is Carabas's army coming after me. But I guess since I mentioned his name a thousand times, uh, they they might. It's possible. Um, what a bummer for me. Well, uh, I'm at Adam Weiner on Twitter. If you are a troll, uh, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Head on and over to YanksGoYard.com. Yeah, we're there too. You can troll us both two for one, two for one special at uh, Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, YanksGoYard.com is where all the content is. We're keeping you up to date, informed with everything that's happening. Um, a lot of speculation still, uh, a lot of connecting the dots. We're having a good time. We appreciate you guys reading and tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you on Thursday, 2 p.m. Or maybe before if something else happens. But right now, we're scheduled 2 p.m. Eastern Thursday right here. Can't wait for it. See you then. We'll see you Thursday, 2 p.m. pending news drops. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.